Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hour number three on a Buffalo Victory Monday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and joined now by Bills Radio Color Analyst Eric Wood, who uh, had an interesting view from the booth. I think he actually took a couple of uh, screenshots on his phone at the end of that thing and put them out all over social media. Eric, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I, I took a video of one of the game-winning field goals this year. There was a couple of them and put them out there. And it's really cool. If you turn the volume up, you can hear Murph calling the game yeah. by my side. And uh, I, the first one I intended for just personal use to hold for my own memory, put it out there. Uh, Bill's fans seem to enjoy it. So why not share it along? Yeah, no doubt. And it, it, it was one of those times where the Bills in the last five weeks are 4-0 and in one-score games. They were 2-3 and three through the first, I don't know, 10 games in one-score games. Um, they've got strength of schedule edge on a lot of people's strength of victory edge on a lot of these teams. They've really been through the gauntlet with their schedule. All the teams that, you know, what it looked like an, an average everyday schedule. All of a sudden the bills are playing this train wreck of a schedule where everybody they play has got a winning record. Uh, but they still keep, you know, plugging along winning games. Um, what's it say about how they're going to be set up for the playoffs, whether it's here for a game or two and then on the road for the AFC championship, or if everything has to come through Buffalo. Yeah, it was interesting because as we looked at this schedule before the season, you're looking at the AFC East thinking Patriots likely down again, Jets likely down again, Miami, who's no, who knows what they can do with a first year head coach. Then all of a sudden uh, you're two thirds of the way through the season. Everyone in the division's got a winning record, and the Bills are sitting there at zero and two in the division after the first two divisional games. And so the AFC East became more formidable. You have teams like the Vikings that were one loss when the Bills played them. The Lions roaring back into this season. You thought Green Bay was going to be your tough matchup, and then 
they put that game on Sunday Night Football, and it wasn't quite the matchup everyone else thought. It's amazing how um, the perception of the schedule is before the season and what that can turn into, but the Bills have had a very strong schedule. Part of that's what happens when you win the division. You get the other three divisional winners, and so we still have a Cincinnati on the schedule. We had a Kansas City as well. We had a Tennessee earlier in the year on Monday Night Football, but when you look at the body of work that the Bills have, and yes, you could play that what-if game with even you know, two of their three losses, you know, it's, man, it's all of the losses, really, you know, man, you go back to one or two plays here or there, and the Bills have played so consistent, they, 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 they clinched the division fourth straight year, four straight seasons over uh, 10 wins, which matches a franchise record from your days, Steve, which is an extremely impressive run that the Bills are on right now. And then you look ahead at this remaining schedule and you go to Chicago, who is playing better ball than they had uh, early in the season. You expect that with young quarterbacks, they develop and they've kind of said, look, we're going to let him play to his strengths and run the football. And then you have Cincinnati, which is a monster matchup in Cincinnati, likely decides um, for the Bills, if they get the number one seed, looking at the other team's remaining schedule as well, you don't think Kansas City is going to drop another one. And then not sure exactly what that New England game, what will be on the line for that one. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a heck of a grind of a season. And for the Bills to go 5-0, and it's, you know, the schedule's a grind. And then it turns into even more of a grind when you consider Josh injures his elbow, plays through it, but injures his elbow. And then you have the snow debacle and everything that entails three games in 19 days where the bills are sitting is, is great. Yeah, no question. And then with respect to Saturday night's game against the dolphins, the bills red zone had been on an uptick and it continued. They go four for four, probably could have gone five for five if they didn't kick the field goal at the end of the game. And now 11 of 13 in their last four games in the red zone Josh was quick to credit Coach Dorsey for drawing up some new stuff down there. You get different people involved. Quentin Morris, first ever touchdown of his career. Naheem Hines, first touchdown with the Bills. James Cook, first receiving touchdown in a Bills uniform. How much more difficult does that make the Bills to defend in the red zone when other guys are playing roles down there? Yeah, it just when when it's not just the dig show down there, then yes, it becomes a lot more difficult and it's a lot less predictable. The Bills are running the football down there more as Josh gets healthier and these games become more significant. You'll get more dialed up Josh Allen runs down there. But yes, the red zone success has been great. And red zone success with a good football team, the way they were kind of struggling, I'll say weeks three and on, uh, maybe weeks three through nine. The way they were struggling in the red zone there, you assume those issues are going away because this Bills team is so talented and they had their turnover woes. Well, they've only had three turnovers in the last five games. And so they've cut back on both of those. And when the Bills were sitting there before this five-game winning streak and many odds makers still had them as a Super Bowl favorite, the reason they did that was because the two things holding them back were scoring touchdowns in the red zone and turning the ball over. And both of those are correctable. That's not a lack of experience. It's not a talent deficiency. It's something that is correctable in most cases. Do you think at this point we've, we've talked about how some of the fans are like, man, we're depending too much on Josh. It's just too much on him. We're asking too much of him. And my, my, take was that listen that that's the way it is when you got that guy the the chiefs depend on Mahomes the the chargers depend on Bur on uh 
Herbert. The Bengals depend on on uh, Burrow. It's just the way it is when you've got a franchise guy. And I think one of the things, if there was a criticism of it, maybe it's this, Eric, and see if you agree. Too many of the plays, he has to save it too many times going off script. You'd like to see the plays be executed. There Now, they were in the red zone this last week, saved the one right before halftime. They executed at a higher level this week from the pocket. Even his 56 or 51-yard run was a called run. Um, all that stuff. So a little bit of that happened. But, man, I think if there's a criticism of this offense is that once in a while they have to go off script too much to make it work. Yeah, and I can see that. I think part of the off script has been some of the O-line injuries. So, you know, you look at when Mitch Morris comes out of this game, all of a sudden the pass protection went from absolutely great where Josh is making the throws from the pocket to now he's in scramble mode. And it's twofold. There's times where maybe the Bills passing game, maybe there's not as many dialed up easy throws. Maybe there's not as many quick wins from a Cole Beasley who's now back in the slot where Josh gets the ball out of his hands immediately. But as the offensive line protects, Josh stays in the pockets and he's if pocket he's capable of making the throws, he's also great off script, which had to happen. The Dolphins have a good pass rush. They they truly do. They have three really good edge rushers. And as the Bills interior started getting shuffled. Josh was on the move again, and there he goes. Now, you're exactly right in your point. I had this conversation multiple times lately, Steve. Yes, we rely on Josh a whole lot, and so you know who else does? The Eagles, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the best teams in the NFL rely on their star quarterback. And Josh finishes runs differently than those guys, which is part of the reason that – Josh, it's made more of a big deal because people fear that Josh will get hurt. Maybe his career will be shortened because of the physicality he has at the end of the runs. Those guys aren't as big as Josh, but as Josh continues to get older, we've seen him over the last couple of years take less shots. And I just think over time that continues to to go down throughout his career. Speaking of you know running, the Chicago Bears – Eric, are very quietly the number one rushing team in football, due in part to the rushing exploits of their quarterback. We saw the Bills' run defense struggle at times in the tackling department. This is not the first time we've been down this road with this defense. With as much as this coaching staff pounds the fundamentals with their players, I, I'm not say, I'm confident they can get it corrected in one week, but when you see something like we saw against the Dolphins this past week, against the run in particular, where does the level of concern rise for you in that area? There is concern there. And missed tackles, I don't know that they come from a physical standpoint as much with this defense as being out of position. And I understand that's a physical aspect of football is being in position. I'm saying the physicality of them being able to tackle Mostert was not the issue. It's being just out of position against a guy that's fast and can run through arm tackles. It's letting him get ahead of steam without making him stop his feet. It's not funneling the ball back to the correct places. It's not setting the edge at the correct time, whether that's the defensive end or the corner who needs to fill off the edge to shovel that play back to the inside. A lot of their missed tackles come because these guys are coming downhill with a head of steam. And you got to give credit to Mike McDaniel, um, for the offensive game plan that they brought in going under center. And we heard uh, pregame from CBS that Ken Dorsey had two different 
call sheets depending on what the weather was like. Well, it seemed like Mike McDaniel had one call sheet coming into the game, and when it wasn't snowing, he still stuck with his snow game plan of going under center, a lot more fullback. I saw a stat today, and I'm not sure if it's 100% correct, but it's got to be pretty close uh, with them putting it out there. But when the Bills played the Dolphins the first time around, 11 personnel, so three wide receivers, small personnel, three wide receivers or more on on 75% of the play. Well, this time, almost 70% of the plays was two tight ends or a fullback on the field. They had a game plan that they were going to attack this Bills defense in nickel, and the Bills never came out of it. And so when they do that pre-snap motion, Dan Orlowski did a great film breakdown on NFL Live last week, and I had seen it before throughout the regular season with my own eyes. Uh, but credit Dan for doing an incredible job on this breakdown. As teams do that jet motion, we saw with Hill many times against Miami, what it does is it gets those linebackers to shift laterally, sometimes just outside the tackle box, which brings Taron Johnson in, which might bring a Jordan Poyer, might bring in a DeMar Hamlin into the box. And now not only do you have six guys in the box, one of them's a defensive back. And so that's where maybe shifting to a 4-3 defense, maybe it's more matching personnel to get bigger bodies and just have guys in proper position because this is a copycat league. If you think you're going to go to Chicago this week and you're not going to get ISO runs with a fullback attacking those secondary players that the Bills leave on the field, you're crazy because they're going to bring the same exact game plan at the Bills. Now, the the Bill, I, we said this also. We had Mike Robb on, and I asked him, yeah, the Bears run it better than anybody. They throw it worse than everybody. Yeah, they're thirty second. So, do you come? Is this a game where AJ Klein gets on the field? You go Klein, you go Milano, you go Edmonds, and you go. You know, <laughs> you throw eight guys in the box all the time and dare them to do that through to beat you through the air. Or if your defense isn't broke, don't fix it. No, I I think this is a week where you bring an extra linebacker out on the field because you you want to get bigger against a team that's going to run want to run the football and you likely keep a spy on plays. You, you're trying to not let Justin Fields beat you with his legs in this league. You know we always give Bill Belichick credit for taking away what the other team does best, but each and every week all teams are trying to do that. You're trying to make them, especially at this point of the season. Prove uh, prove the stats wrong, prove the analytics wrong, and then we'll adjust. But until you can show us that you can pass them on a consistent basis in single digit temperatures and in the windy city, then we're not gonna we're not going to um, respect the the pass game until we have to. And I say respect it. We're not going to um, shy away from putting extra bodies out there for the run defense. Did you guys see the graphic of Mike Robb? It was a picture posted of him, and then Mike Robb put it back out there. That's the only reason I feel comfortable saying it. it said, Mike Robb looks like somebody's rich auntie with <laughs> yeah. his outfit. And he had like a big hat, big leather hat on, big leather jacket. I, there's not much that makes me laugh out loud when it comes to uh, graphics like that, but that one was good. Yeah. The internet remains undefeated. Um, Always. Yeah. The wind looks like it could be the biggest factor for this weekend's game. They're talking about sustained winds of 25 to 35 miles per hour, which is also going to put the wind chill around negative 10 to negative 15 degrees. That can impact the passing game, Eric, as you know, more than anything else, especially when we're talking sustained winds at that velocity. So this could be a run fest uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, What are your, (laughs) I know you're not a betting man, but if you were, 
how likely that both quarterbacks are over 100 yards rushing if that is, in fact, what we get from, from a win perspective? Uh, both quarterbacks over 100 yards rushing would probably be just under the payout on the Hines Morris Cook first half touchdown <laughs> parlay. I mean, I just don't think uh, with both teams understanding that the other team's going to want to run the football and how dynamic both quarterbacks are, I can't see both teams allowing the other team's quarterbacks. I think there will be a number of read elements used by the Bills again, especially if Mitch Morris is out. If Mitch Morris is out, Yes, Josh will be more comfortable working with Greg Van Roden under center, but they are so uncomfortable that they did the QB kneel down at the end of the game from the shotgun. I mean, there, there's going to be a read yeah. element to a, a, a lot of the Bills run game. So, yes, both both quarterbacks certainly could. Um, you know, I think you'll see short passing game utilized. Um but yeah, it, it's it could be a dicey one. I'm glad I invested in a heated vest this year. There's, I mean, this uh, this, this game, this, these games have gotten chillier and chillier pretty quick on us here. Yeah. Well, you're gonna, yeah, it's not going, it's not chilly in Chicago. It is cold, man. It is really cold. And it, and we had Maddie on talking about it, but that you're right. The ball handling becomes an issue in these late season games. It and the Bills have kind of washed away their turnover problems that they had through the swoon and the, you know the the jet game and, and some of the red zone problems they had in the Minnesota game, that kind of thing. Um, going forward, if there was a tweak you could make to the Bills offense, what would it be? Is it more read stuff and, and, and taking into account the offensive line being shuffled? Yeah, I would say the adjustments likely would be, I, I really like their read game in the backfield. I feel like there's times where it looks like James Cook is stuffed or Singletary stuffed on the read pack, the read package that goes up the middle um, on the inside zone where they pick up four to five yards just because they have to respect Josh. They get downhill a little bit. And it just seems to me, we had talked about how effective they were at the pin and pulls, but I feel like teams are sitting on that now um, with those outside runs where the guys are pulling. Okay. Let's hit them up the middle a little bit more. Now get downhill on these guys. Um, and then just continue to work in a Cole Beasley, continue to mix up uh, personnel-wise, find the hot hand week to week as far as, okay, is it a Dawson Knox like last week where the matchups that maybe are in favor or the coverages dictate who can get the ball because you have so many weapons. But, you know, with them bring, they brought back Cole Beasley after we did our One Bills Live talk last week and – if I mean, for a, a majority of the season, I had said, you know, one of the things that's missing from this Bills offense is a guy who can just quickly exploit zone defense. And you got that guy back in Cole Beasley. I'd love to see him kind of get Josh getting a rhythm with him in game prior to this postseason. Cole Beasley with 11 snaps in his return to the Bills last week. We'll see if that number goes up this week against the Bears. Eric, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. We'll catch up with you later in the week. Thanks, E. Yeah, my pleasure. See you guys. Have a great week. All right. That's Bill's radio color analyst, Eric Wood, also former Bill's center. And uh, it is going to be interesting to see, like, how much does Beasley's snap count go up? He had just 11 snaps. Khalil Shakir had twice as many, 22 snaps in last week's game. It's interesting. Uh, things are changing. They're evolving. they got to kind of stay ahead of it. I think Beasley will probably, it'll be a little bit like what we saw with Tredavious. He'll work in slow. They don't want to give him 50 snaps um, on the game. Not that he would get 50 snaps anyway, even yeah. in his largest role. But 11 snaps is probably, that's a little more than I would have expected. 
Off such a short turnaround, off such you mean. A, yeah. Off Saturday such a, game, got in here Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah. That's a little more than I would have anticipated. Yeah. Uh, one target, one catch for nine yards. But I would say, too, as it gets further and further into this, um, they may turn to him a little bit more uh, as the season progresses. Um, yeah. And, but still. Wonder should, if they – Khalil Shakir getting in for Monday night, maybe. But Khalil Shakir getting twenty two snaps. I, I was surprised by that. I saw him going a handful of times, but I didn't notice him. And he certainly did. He got zero targets. No targets. He got zero targets. They used him almost more as a blocker in the run game on the edge. Right. And so that good for and good for him for having that role because that's what Kumaro did. Yeah. Um, interesting because even in a season where they're eleven and three, have already clinched a playoff spot. They're continuing to evolve and change and rotate in. Some due to injury, but some of it just seems to be to due to availability well, and roles they want these guys to play. If there was ever a week to have some tendency breakers in your offensive play calling, it was last week against a team that already played you once. Right. And I would say for the most part it worked. And to the players' credit, they executed those plays that Coach Dorsey drew up for this specific game last week. Does the evolution... <clears throat> Do the tendency breakers continue this week against I'll say the Bears? This, though it, it it did work because if you know if, if Singletary doesn't go down, you know they score thirty six points on those guys. Right, uh, they scored thirty two anyway. So yeah, that their offense was clicking pretty good this last week. Yeah, break time for us here when Steve and I come back. Some of your thoughts from the tweet sheet as we were asking you for your takeaways from Saturday night's victory over the Dolphins to improve to eleven and three and clinch a playoff berth. We're back with more here in a moment on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 